Okay, and we're back. Another week. Yeah. Another dollar. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. All right. So, what's this week again? I forget. Uh, you know. No. Don't play um, dumb. Um, oh, given weird names. That's what it is. Yeah. I couldn't think of it at the top of my head. Off of the top of your head? <laughs> Isn't that what I said? No. Or did I not? On the top. Okay. Maybe I did say on. I don't know. Okay. Off the top of my head. Whatever. Uh. Okay. You can go. Okay. Me go. Me go first. Yeah. I'm drying my nails. Okay. I painted them. So I'm doing it on the uh, Barbie and Ken killers. Yes. Dare I say it? A crime couple. No. Oh. Dare you not. Oh. Okay. I argue. <laughs> Um, it's a mess up story. Okay. And yeah. I love it. Yeah. I mean, sounds like, well, when I told you I was doing it on these people, so if you know more, you can add in whatever, you know, Yeah. if you know something. Okay. <laughs> so it is on Carla Leanne Hamol, Hamoka, Hamoka, Hamoka. Yeah. And Paul Bernardo, um, rape that, well, so raped and murdered at least three minors there is more um they were briefly told so um but i'm just touching on the major the major ones uh they were both arrested in 1993 um my brother wasn't even born yet interesting fact yeah i don't know anyways hey um (laughs) 1995, they were convicted of uh, the murders and received life in prison, which was the full maximum sentence. Um, and it was like uh, 12 years, yeah. Which is crazy because Canada is obviously different than here. Oh, yeah, they happened in Canada. Um, Toronto. Yeah. L- uh, so the uh, Leanne, she claimed that her uh, Bernardo abused her. And um, had been she was forced into being an accomplice to the murders, um, and then so like I said, so as a result, she was sentenced to twelve years in exchange for a guilty plea uh, to the charge of manslaughter. And then uh, they took a how do you say this psychopathy 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 yeah there you go. Uh, t- checklist, which I don't know what this includes, but do you know? Yes, I do know. Uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> a psychopathy test. Oh, okay. Test for um, symptoms and signs of psychosis and um, psychopathy. Oh, okay. Well, Leanne scored a five out of forty, <laughs> <laughs> and then Paul uh, scored a thirty-five out of forty. Let's just fool our listeners, and we're laughing because the recording cut out, so we had to go back. And before, I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know what that is. (laughs) And then we talked about it. So I didn't... Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, uh, the videotapes appeared... uh, So there was evidence in the videotape. There was videotapes that appeared after the plea bargain and showed that she was actually... You are jumping. There was a plea bargain. Where'd the videotapes come from? What's that? Where'd they come from? Uh, that I don't know of. <laughs> Where did they come from? It didn't say. They were evidence. They were found. 
Yeah, that's what... Yeah, found... Are you saying where they were found? Yeah. Oh, that I don't know. Where were they found? Wasn't it something crazy? Like, they were found in, like, a floorboard or something? Or am I oh, thinking of something? maybe. I don't know. I didn't see anything about that. Okay. Oh. Well, interesting. I could be... Yeah, they were found under else. a floorboard. <laughs> I don't know. I'm probably thinking I, of something. I really didn't see that, so... Maybe they there were. There was some weird story with mm. how they were found. Oh, maybe I need to look that up then. Maybe you should just do maybe your job. Ju- yeah, maybe I didn't do my job. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, the deal, uh, so the deal that was made with Leanne was dubbed uh, the deal with the devil in the Canadian press because they let her go and then she ended up being worse than they thought. Um. And then she was actually released out of prison in 2005, where she is now married again. And as of 2014, she's living in Quebec. Yep, she changed her name, and she was uh, on the PTA for her daughter's school, and they found out who she was, and they kicked her off. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's insane. Yep. So she actually, so she had a kid with this new dude? Mm-hmm. That is insane. A daughter, I'm pretty sure. Wow. Um, summer of 1990, Paul became attracted to uh, Leanne's younger sister, Tammy. 14. Uh, she was yeah. 14. Yeah. Leanne created a plan uh, to, f- to frame and make it look like Paul drugged her younger sister. According to Paul's testimony, he and Leanne served uh, Tammy a spaghetti dinner spiked with Valium stolen from Carla's, work- Carla's workplace. Uh what gross oh yeah yeah uh paul then unfortunately raped tammy for about a minute before she started to wake up um then later leanne stole an anesthetic uh it was halothane halothane something like that uh from the martindale veterinarian clinic where she worked what you're missing a part what am i missing he raped her, and then he convinced Carla to also rape her sister. So he raped Tammy, and then he was like, hey, you should rape your sister, too. And oh, I think I have that here down here. Uh, well, that would be an important detail yeah. to add the first time. Yeah, it would be. Now, uh, I think I saw that. Man, I really suck. No, you don't. It's yeah. fine. No, okay. I mean, yeah, but it's fine. Yeah, right. Okay, <laughs> anyways. Um, now I forgot where I Sorry, was. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 that's okay. I told you to add in stuff. I thought I wrote that down. Maybe it was the other girls that, that she did, but yeah, I guess she did. She her raped her own sister. Yeah, her own sister. I could have sworn I had that. Anyways, let's move on. Um, December 23rd, 1990, after Leanne's family Christmas party, Paul and Leanne drugged uh, Tammy with the animal tranquilizers. I did have it. Paul and Leanne raped Tammy while unconscious. Mm. I thought I had it. Okay. Tammy later choked on her own vomit and died. And then uh, before calling 911, Paul and Leanne redressed Tammy, hid the evidence, and moved her into a bedroom with a chemical burn on her face. Probably from the throw up, I assume. Oh. Uh, a few hours later, Tammy was pronounced dead at the hospital, and her death was ruled an accident. 
which they would later find out that it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, so the next person is Leslie Mahaffey. I think that's how you say her last name. Oh, uh, okay. That was on June 15th. Uh, I have written down 2991. So that would definitely be 1991. Uh, <laughs> Paul had been driving around in Burlington, which halfway between Toronto and, which is, sorry, halfway between Toronto and St. Catherine. Uh, she w- he was, apparently he was driving around to steal license plates. What? Yeah, I don't know. That don't make no sense. Maybe he uh, (coughs) had an expired plate and didn't want to renew it. I can feel his pain because I just had to do that the other day. And the DMV sucks. I don't know how it's up there in Canada, how it is up there in Canada, though. A. Probably just as miserable. Yeah. Um, Leslie had uh, missed her curfew at home and was locked out of her house. Uh, Apparently, she was attending a friend's wake. And that's why oh, she was. Yeah, yeah, I remember this. She, uh, yeah. her, she like missed her curfew, and her mom locked her out of the y- house. Yeah, because she missed curfew. Yeah, like how awful would you I feel know. as a parent? I bet her mom feels like shit. Because if this didn't happen, she probably would have never died. Yeah. Um, Paul approached Leslie, saying that he wanted to break into a neighbor's house, and apparently Leslie was actually unfazed is what they said, uh, that he had said this. And Leslie asked Paul if he had any cigarettes. Um, Then when Paul uh, got her close to the car, um, he forced her in, um, then blindfolded her and drove her to Port Dalhousie. Dalhousie, I think it's something like that. I don't know. I don't know. What Canadian do? No. Uh, after he had her in the car, he told Leslie, we have a victim. That's weird. He told... Oh, no, well, blah, 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 blah. he told Leanne, not Leslie. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. He told Barbie. All, what? He told Barbie. Yeah, he told Barbie. Where, on the phone? Or I don't was know. she in the that's what he sa- No, that's what he said. He said he told her. So, I don't know if he drove home and told her that or... He just Cause he just spoke it into existence. Yeah, no. Because I don't know, they don't have cell phones. That's what it said. He told her. But this is ninety what? Ninety one. Three. Well, this is ac- this is what I had written down is twenty ninety one. Oh, ninety one. So yeah, <laughs> twenty ninety one. So yeah. So, no, it's nineteen ninety one. So. Um. Yeah, phones were not a thing. Yeah. He maybe had like the big car phones if you were rich, but. Yeah. Maybe but he did. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, uh, so Paul and Leanne videotaped themselves sexually assaulting Leslie while they listened to Bob Marley and David Bowie. Well, that just... It's a little oxymoronic. Yeah. Well, yeah, that is. Uh, in the videotape, Paul is telling Leslie, you're doing a j- good job, babe. Leslie, a damn good job. Yeah. Or... No, Leanne. Why do I I put Leslie? I wrote down Leslie. Leanne yeah. is the killer. Leanne. It's Leanne. Leslie is the victim. What a sick fuck. Yeah. You're doing a good job raping and murdering this yeah. teenage girl. I know. It's disgusting. <laughs> uh, the Crown Prosecutor description of the scene says that he was sodomizing her while her hands were bound with twine. 
I imagine. I imagine she, uh, Leanne. Um. Maybe she wasn't as crazy, like she was. She obviously is not normal to do all this, but Paul kept egging her on, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was making her like feel like important. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, and I think yeah. he was abusing her like right terribly well he's definitely not normal like emotionally and physically so probably yeah right so um anyways so there was uh the crown pros the crown prosecutor description of the scene says that he was oh i sold i said that already uh leslie told her um told paul that her so this is right so Leslie told Paul that her blindfold slipped uh, down so that she there was a possibility that she could have identified them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the following day, Leslie, uh, Leanne gave Leslie a lethal dose of halcyon. Halcyon? Halcyon? Is that it? That's what it's called? It's a drug? Anyways. T- <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm not a drug specialist. Listen, I know next to nothing about anything. Oh, so. okay. Leanne claimed that uh, Paul strangled her. Um, they put Leslie's body in their basement. Uh, the day after the uh, Homoka family had dinner at the house. Oh. Ew. Yeah. Um, What's this? pot roast you made <laughs> well i don't think they ate the bodies no they didn't uh after the whole family left they thought the best way to dispose of the body was to dismember her and encase each part of her in cement they bought <laughs> what cement did i say it wrong uh, no you oh. just cement 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 uh, they bought dozens of cement at the local hardware store the next day, and Paul's fucking dumbass kept the receipts, which <laughs> were actually yeah. used against him in trial. Kind of dumb. Yeah, you fucking idiot. Uh, Paul uh, used his grandfather's circular saw to dismember uh, Leslie. Mm. Yeah, disgusting. Is it? And wait, are those the ones that go down? You pull down. A uh, circular saw? I think so. Uh, are they like the handheld ones? No, I, uh, no, those are, I forget. Let's see. I should know this, but I don't. They're in the shape of it's a the circle. W- it's like the hand ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you like yeah. hold them and then right. like, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Icky. Yeah. So then um, Paul and Leanne made several trips to the dump, uh, or sorry, <laughs> trips to dump the cement blocks in Lake Lake Gibson, which is 11 miles south of Port Dalhousie. 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 What'd you just say? Uh, whatever, however you say it. Dalhousie. All I heard was Dalhousie. Dalhousie. Because <laughs> uh, I don't know how to say it, so I just tail off. Dalhousie. <laughs> uh, they, uh... Yeah, uh, apparently they kept making several trips, which... Do it, just one and done. Yeah, I know. Because that's more chances you could get caught. Um, but they apparently aren't that smart anyway, so. It was probably uh, heavy. Like, they probably had, like, 300 pounds of 
concrete. So that's the next thing I have. Apparently, one of the blocks weighed nearly 200 pounds, which how in the world could they transfer that? Torso. It was the torso. that. Yeah, but like how could they? They lift together 100 pounds each. That's a lot. That is really heavy. Maybe they had one of those like I mean, they the look straps, like you know, you like put it around your wrist. Still, they look like a regular old couple, like not they weren't like weightlifters. Well, psychopaths, you know. Yeah. Could we couldn't even move our couch in here. Well, shut up. <laughs> I could. I could. <laughs> okay, <I'm> anyways. <laughs> All right. Um anyways, that that's heavy. Okay, that and our couch heavy. is also probably more than 200 pounds, just saying. That other one that we have in the basement? Yeah. No. That's like 700 pounds. No. <laughs> that giant couch? That is not 700 pounds. Yeah, that's no. like 300 pounds. No. Yeah. It's huge. It's just like but it's a sectional. We had it apart. Yeah, well, that's 150 pounds. Yeah, that's my point. That's not okay, 200 Okay, well, they pounds. had one of those okay. wrist strap things, so <laughs> it was easier for them. Okay. Anyways, um, according to... Uh, Paul's lawyer, um, Paul actually had every intention to release the girl afterwards, but since her blindfold fell off, they were concerned that they could have been uh, identified. Mm, um, so they sorry, intention to, doesn't matter. Yeah, right. When yeah. you murdered someone. It's not going to save you now. Uh, Paul claimed that Leanne planned to kill Leslie uh, by injecting her with an air bubble into her bloodstream. Yeah, that's horrible too. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's disgusting. So, anyways, so we'll move on to the next one. Uh, oh, I forgot. There was a nearby. So there was a, a nearby shore where the cement block, one of the cement blocks, were actually washed up and found by these two fishermen. It was Michael and his son Michael Jr. No, I'm not joking. That was it. Michael and Michael Jr. Michael, I don't know how to say his last name, so I skipped it, but it's Ducette, Ducette, Ducette. Uh, anyways, uh, so, uh, and they they actually, they broke it apart, and they identified her by her dental records hmm. um, and found it was her. Yeah, that poor girl's parents. Uh Anyways, all right, moving on to the next one is Kristen French. Uh, during after school hours of April 6th, 1992, Paul and Leanne drove through St. Catharines to look for, they were looking for a victim. So it's definitely becoming more of a, like a, a thing now, not. They were hunting. Yeah, this isn't just like a, uh, hey, I got somebody now, let's go do this. Like, this is turning into something more, you know. Um, as they passed Holy Cross Secondary School, a which was a Catholic high school in the city's north end, they spotted Kristen. Uh, they got out of her car and acted like they needed assistance with, uh, with a map, and, you know, like, hey, how do mm -hmm. you get here? Um, and then they showed her a knife shortly after, and then they forced her into the front seat of the car. Um, and then... Kristen, like, if she wouldn't comply, apparently Leanne would, you know, control her with uh, holding her hair from, like, the back seat. So she would pull her hair if she wasn't 
listening to them or yeah doing whatever and this is the a lot of people saw this right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so i was yeah getting oh, to sorry. that sorry uh me. her parents immediately knew something was wrong because she took the same route every day and she would get home almost on the dot 15 minutes every day so they knew something was wrong so they called uh police immediately this is what i don't get many witnesses saw the abduction from different locations and uh why didn't those people call the police immediately that's uh it's still if i saw that on the i do not care if i saw somebody getting abducted like that yeah, but maybe, like, you would think, oh, maybe that's her family. Maybe those are her parents. Or maybe that's, like, her sister. Maybe she's being a brat. Maybe. But, like, being forced into a car with a knife? Yeah. That's, eh. Or people think, um, oh, someone else is going to call the police. It's fine. I don't have to. Still. Or people say, it's none of my business. Staying out of it. Yeah, I guess that's true because <laughs> I told you about whenever I saw I, um, was going down the this road to and um this woman like jumped out of her car and started beating the shit out of this dude on the side of the road what i thought i told you this no so i was i will not disclose like what the customer was that i had to go to but it was (laughs) in south st louis south city st louis so it's not the best area um and i'm driving down the road and this i'm like it's like a neighborhood kind of road like it's smaller you know and i see this woman just like she she goes around me like speeds up goes around me like mach 10 and then she just like stops in the side of the road and then she like it is not parked like with the curb or anything she's like all cockeyed and and like i was like what the fuck and then she just swings her door open doesn't even care that i'm behind her just swings her door open and then starts running out of her car. Doesn't even care that I'm coming. I like had to immediately stop. So then I see her run across the street and there's a dude holding a little girl, like uh, like their, I guess it's their kid. And she just starts wailing on the dude, like punching him in the face and yelling at him. And then he ended up having like put the little girl down and then she grabs the girl and then runs back into their car. I was like, what the Or maybe fuck? she was a serial killer abducting the little kid and you just Yeah. Thought. Maybe. Probably not. Yeah. They were probably a couple, but it was why'd she have to speed up and get around you? She wanted to hurry up and get get over there. I have no idea. That's weird. Yeah. Um, this one time I was with my sister and my um mom and we were in the Oh, you gave me like a really oh, look? No. Maybe it's just your face. We were in the car. Um, <laughs> I forget what we were doing. We were in my hometown, though, and um, we were just driving, minding our own business, and this car, like this big SUV, is parked outside of this, like, abandoned building, and we're like, oh, that's weird, and we're watching it, and this guy gets out, and he opens the passenger door, and he grabs this woman by the neck and, like, lifts her out of the SUV by her neck. What the heck? Like, her feet are off the ground, and he's holding her by her throat, and he just throws her, like, onto the ground, and then, like, gets her stuff out of the car and throws it at her and gets in his car and drives off. Oh, my gosh. And we, like, stopped. We were like, oh, my God. So we stopped, and we called the police, 
my sister did and we like told him and we like went around so you called the police yeah we went back to see if she's okay and she was like crying and we took her to the um police station we like, picked her up the police station was like a few blocks away so we like took her and apparently what? like yeah we had to file a police report but like they knew her by name oh the police did so this isn't the I first think time she she's might have been, been there some type of sex worker or something gotcha but still, like, to see a man just pick a woman up by the throat and, like, throw her to the ground. Well, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. So, you never know how you're going to react in situations. Yeah. Yep. That's true. But, anyways. Um, and then Kristen's shoe was apparently actually found in one of the parking lots nearby. Um, this And this was over uh, Easter weekend that year. And Paul and Kristen videotaped themselves torturing, raping, and sodomizing Kristen, forcing large amounts of alcohol and submit to Paul. Mm. Yeah. Um, Then also the Crown Prosecutor, Ray Houlihan, said that... What? Houlihan. Oh. Said that Paul always intended to kill Kristen this time because he never blindfolded her. Which, like I said, I think it's starting (coughs) to become... Like, I think if they didn't get caught shortly after that, then they would have kept just going and going, and it would have gotten worse and worse. Um, Le- um, uh, oh, yeah. Leanne claimed that Paul beat Kristen with a rubber mallet and strangled her for seven minutes. Uh, she also claimed that Paul beat her with a rubber mallet because she tried to escape. Um, Kristen was strangled with a noose around her neck, which was secured to a hope chest. I don't know. Why are you making that face? That's morbid. Oh, yeah, it is. Um, and then Kristen's nude body was found on April 30th, 1992. Whose hope chest was it? Uh, I assume it was in their house. It was in their basement. Hmm. Uh, and... A ditch in Burlington, uh, about 45 minutes from St. Catharines, and a short distance from the cemetery where Leslie was buried. Uh, she had been washed, and her hair was cut off, uh, apparently as a trophy. However, Leanne later claimed that it was cut off to impede identification, which I don't think... Unless you shave it bald... Yeah. Shiny, waxy, bald. I don't think that's really going to do anything. I don't even think that would still do anything. Because you could still... Her parents would still know what the face looks like. Yeah. You know? Um, And then, yeah. So, that was them. Like I said, they had multiple others that were similar. How did they get caught? Uh, That's a good question. Brandon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How did they get caught? Oh, my gosh. I'm oh an idiot. I'm God. an idiot. I know. So, they got caught. Um, and I know that. So, I looked this up. Was it an insane story? No, I don't think so. When you were talking, because I was like, how did they find the videos? So, he kept, Paul Bernardo kept all the videos of them torturing girls, because he's a weirdo. Um, and he hid them in his bathroom light fixture. Oh, weird. Yeah. So they had to tear that house apart. Yeah. Well, they never found him. Like, they searched his house, like, multiple times, and they never found him. And Uh he had to tell his lawyer where they were. 
Oh, and then what does the lawyer do? The right thing for once? No, I think I think he he told his lawyer to hide them in the light fixture, I think. So that's what his lawyer went and did. So then they couldn't find the tapes. And then finally he was like, okay. Like, I think the lawyer was like, we need to, you know, we're not winning this. So he like gave up the tapes, I think. If I'm remembering that correctly. That's shitty that the lawyer did that. Yeah. But I think his conscience eventually got to him, I yeah. assume. Well, he wanted to win his case. How would he... Would he, The lawyer wouldn't win his case if he gave up the videotapes, though. No, that's why he hit him. In the oh, at the first place. Ah. Yeah. Oh. And then before they were the Ken and Barbie killers, Paul Bernardo was actually the Scarborough, Scarborough rapist. So he was like working. Oh, I didn't see that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot more to his story, but I was trying to focus on just like those the, two. Yeah, the name. Yeah. yeah. He was so he was working on his own before he even married Carla. Right. And um, raping women, and there's a story of um, this older woman. She lived in an apartment complex um, in Toronto, I think, by herself. She lived alone. And there was a pool on top of this apartment building. And she would go up there and swim laps every day. And um, she went up there and no one was up there. So she just started swimming laps by herself. And she noticed that this man had walked in. This like younger man, blonde guy, mm. um, like well-dressed, had walked in right. know, on the roof. And so she just like kept swimming laps or whatever. And he was like watching her. And she's like, this is weird. So he kept getting closer to the pool as she was swimming laps. And finally it got to the point where he was like walking alongside the pool. Mm-hmm. Like whenever she was swimming, he was just like treading with her. That's walking. weird. Yeah. And like she got a good look at him and um, he just kept like watching her and walking alongside. And finally, like three families with kids like burst through the door and, you know, started like jumping in the pool and he like left. She lost him. She immediately left, went to her apartment, and sketched his face because she was an yeah. artist. I think. Oh, huh. she sketched his face, and a few months later, when um, he was caught and in the on the news, she pulled out that sketch, and it was the same guy. That's crazy. Yeah, so it was him. She's lucky she got away. Yeah, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Huh? How did they get caught, though? Uh, I don't remember. Um, yeah, I know. I feel stupid now. I'm I should have looked sure that up. I'm pretty sure it was the third girl. Here, you can you can you can look it up, or you can continue your story, and I'll look it. What story? My. Your your. My. Whoever you're doing murder? it. Or, oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm doing um. The dating game killer. Also known as Rodney Alcala. So Rodney Alcala. You know how, like, a lot of the times we can look at a serial killer's childhood and be like, oh, that's why they're serial killers, or that's why they're so messed up? Well, we can't really do that with Rodney Alcala because we don't know a whole lot about his childhood. What we do know is that he was born Rodrigo Jacques Alcala Bucuar in 1943 to a Mexican-American family in the state of Texas. Sounds fancy. Yes. When he was 11 years old, his father abandoned the family, and his mother, Anna Maria, relocated the family to L.A. So it was his two sisters and brother and him and his mom, I believe, if I understood the article correctly. 
Okay, so at the age of 17, Alcala, every time I say his name, I, I think of Al-Qaeda. Um, he enlisted in the U.S. Army, and he served as a clerk for about four years before he went AWOL and hitched back to L- hitchhiked back to L.A. Um, he was also accused of sexual misconduct during his duty, um, but they don't really know a whole lot about it, so they couldn't like, accuse him of anything, or mm-hmm. they couldn't like charge him with anything. Um, so finally, the Army got him back, and he was evaluated by the military psychologist and um, his, uh, his erratic behavior leading up to him going AWOL was attributed to some kind of nervous breakdown he had. So he was discharged on medical grounds, um, and the psychologist diagnosed him with antisocial personality disorder. So if you know anything about antisocial personality disorder, it's that basically the beginning work of a psychopath so you don't have any remorse or empathy for others you have no sense of what's right and wrong you don't care about laws or breaking laws you don't care about like hurting others because you don't have any guilt um yeah so basically like early warning signs of a psychopath holy shit okay do you want to know yeah right now or do you want me to look it up later or tell you later now okay um so the Kristen french mm-hmm. she had cigar cigar burns all over her body body and those were the ones matching uh they found on leslie as well and then so then they knew that they were dealing with a serial killer after this time because there were there was you know signs on both um, and then DNA, DNA samples from Chris and French's body match those of mysterious Scarborough rapist. Yeah. Um, and then later, when Homolka again ended up in the hospital after a beating from Bernardo, she filed battery charges against him. What she didn't know was that DNA taken from her in, her in the hospital matched the samples on Chris and French's body. Holy shit. Well, maybe if he wasn't a giant piece of shit. So then police placed them both under a 24-hour surveillance. And then they later raided Bernardo's house and charged him with 12 counts of aggravated sexual assault and two counts of first-degree murder. So probably if he never beat her. Yeah, there's pictures of her, too, after Okay, so that sorry. Beating and both of her eyes are like purple and swollen shut. Oh, really? Yeah. Disgusting. That's crazy. But that's good for the hospitals. They got blood samples and then it yeah. ended up just like, uh, I don't know if they submit that to like a database or what, but that's crazy. So anyways, okay, continue well, on. Well, press charges, they probably just. Oh, well, that's true. Gave it to the police. <coughs> but then unknowingly she gave up her evidence too. Yeah. Maybe uh, she was done. She was like, I'm sick of murdering mm. young girls. She should have been, but I don't know. Well, she's out of prison now, living a normal life. Which is crazy. All right. Back to this psycho. Um, where was I? All right. So diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder at the age of, how was it? 21. 21, he was diagnosed with this and discharged from the Army on medical um, grounds. 
All right, so at the age of 25, Alcala committed his first known violent crime when he lured eight-year-old Tally Shapiro into his car while she was walking to school. Um, he told her that he was a friend of her parents and that he had a picture to show her. Um, so she was really hesitant at first, but she was like, oh, well, he knows my parents. So she got in his car and he took her to um, his apartment. Fortunately, someone um, had witnessed this happening and called the police and reported it. Bystander effect? Null and void. Um, when the police arrived at the apartment, Alcala answered the door, said he was getting dressed and that he would be with the officers shortly, and a minute later, the officers kicked the door down um, and found Tally Shapiro lying naked and unconscious in a pool of blood. Um, Alcala had raped her and beaten her with a metal bar. And he fled out the back door and left her for dead. But she survived. She overcame the injuries. And um, she was uh, one of Alcala's only victims to survive his attacks. Eight-year-old. That's crazy. Yeah. So he was on the loose. Um, and they had no whereabouts of where, or no knowledge of his whereabouts. So the Shapiros left the country. They moved to Mexico. Could you imagine? Shapiro doesn't sound like a Mexican name, so they probably weren't from there. Yeah. Well, I don't it's know so that. Maybe that the mom more was. French? Oh. That sounds Italian. Oh, or that, yeah. But what do I know? Okay, so, um, so they left the country. They straight up moved from California to Mexico. Bye. Well, it's not that far of a drive. Well, it's not. I'm being serious. Tijuana. Yeah. Um, so Rodney Alcala was added to the FBI's most wanted list. Um, but, of course, this was the 1970s, so um, FBI or uh, background checks weren't really as reinforced as they are now. Um, so this rapist and attempted murderer fled to the East Coast where he, was ch- where he uh, changed his name to John Berger, and lived undetected for years. And under his fake name, he attended NYU Film School, studying under Roman Polanski. While living in Manhattan, he committed his first known murder. In June of 1971, 23-year-old flight attendant Cornelia Crilly was found strangled to death in her apartment. Um, The police had no real suspects, um, and the case went unsolved for 39 years um, until crap. 2010 when a fingerprint found at the scene of her murder was matched to Rodney Alcala. Shortly after this murder, Alcala left Manhattan. Um, no. Yeah. He left Manhattan um, and went to New Hampshire where he altered his alias to John Berger, spelled differently. Um... And what's really messed up is after he moved to New Hampshire, he began a new job as a counselor at an art, arts and drama summer camp for children. Only three years after attacking Tally Shapiro. Yeah. Um, he was finally recognized. Uh, two of his young female students at this camp saw his picture on the FBI Most Wanted poster at the local post office and um, alerted authorities. So he was arrested and extradited to California. Um, 
So since uh, Tally Shapiro's family moved to Mexico and they finally caught Rodney Alcala, her family was like, you are not going back to testify. Like, we don't care. You're not. You're staying here. So they wouldn't let her go back to the United States to testify against him. Um, so Rodney Alcala pleaded guilty to a lesser charge of assault. Um, and since uh, Tally Shapiro couldn't go back to testify, their case was a lot weaker than it could have been. Um, so he served less than two years in prison before being released for... Um, Disgusting. Yeah, those crimes. And the parole board believed he showed signs of rehabilitation. What does that even mean? You can't rehabilitate from being a murderer. Especially in two years. Oh, God. Like a lot of serial killers, like, sometimes they didn't kill for another year. Like, you know, just think about that. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, every other time they were wrong. Because two months after his release, Alcala offered a 13-year-old a ride to school and raped her instead. Ah, yeah. He went back to prison for another two years before being paroled again. Good job. Sure, let's parole the murderers and the rapists, but let's keep... You know what? I'm just going to... Let's keep people who have a few ounces of marijuana in their pocket in prison for 10 years. That's fine. You know what? It's okay. So, in 1977, Alcala um, ended the life of his second known murder victim. Um, So, he was given permission by his parole officer to return to New York City. I don't know how he worked that one out, but he's like, hey, can I go back to New York? And they're like, yeah, sure, why not? So, he went, murdered 23-year-old Ellen Jane Hover. Um... She went missing the same exact week he returned to New York City. Um, Her body was found a year later, and because DNA testing wasn't as advanced then, back in the 70s, um, they couldn't pin it on Alcala uh, until 2012 when they did get a DNA match. Um, At the time of the murder, police found Hover's day planner, and in it was a meeting with one John Berger on the day she disappeared. Hmm. I mean, yeah. take that as you will. Right. Meanwhile, Alcala returned to the West Coast and began working as a typesetter at the Los Angeles Times. Um, it was around this time that his photography hobby began. Um, sorry, I just had a stroke. Um, it, <laughs> it was around this time that his photography hobby began to take on a more sinister role. Um so I don't know how much you know about him, but basically he used his... I don't know anything. Yeah, he used his career as a photographer to lure women uh. in and murder, rape and murder them. Um, so he photographed hundreds of people and manipulated many of them into posing nude for the camera. Some of these people became his next, next victims, including 15-year-old Monique Hoyt, um, who he knocked unconscious and raped during a photo shoot. All right. Are you ready to learn? Where he got his nickname, the Dating Game Killer. Yeah. Okay. So, in 1978, Alcala appeared on the television show, The Dating Game. So, The Dating Game was this really cheesy 1970s game show where basically you had one woman and she sat in a chair and then next to her was a wall. So, she couldn't see. 
And on the other side of the wall were three bachelors all sitting. Bachelor number one. Yeah. Bachelor number two. Yes, lined up. And she could only ask them questions. So she could only refer to them as bachelor number one. Three. Pick number three, my lord. Yeah. Um, So she... Like could only refer to them by bachelor number one, number two, blah, blah, blah. Ask them questions about their life, what they like to do, stuff like that. And he actually won. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so he was able to turn on his psychopathic charm so much that he won this game. Um, however, after the taping of the show, when they went backstage to meet, so he won this and the woman went backstage to meet the winner, Oh, because once you win, um, if you win, you win a date, like an audience <laughs> paid date. I thought that was the point of the game. Oh, okay. Well, I don't <laughs> know if you caught on to that. So she <laughs> okay. went back to meet him, and she said that he was so creepy that she refused to go on a date with him. Mm. She was like, Shocker. No. Yeah, she's like, no, I'm not. I refuse to take this all-expense-paid date hmm. with this guy because he's so weird. And the other contestants on the show said that he was so creepy that, like, they just didn't want to, like, speak to him. What's the, what's his name? How do you spell it? Uh, sorry. Rodney Alcala. Oh, I was thinking of his last name. Yeah. How do you spell his last name? Phonetically. Uh, O-C-O. Alcala. Found it. <laughs> um. He looks like? Don't say it, because I have it written. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, so you can actually go on YouTube and watch the videos of him on this game show. Oh, well, and that's he's not just He's not attractive, and he's not even charming. He's just kind of a weirdo. So, I don't know what that woman's standards were, but... Um, okay, so the murder that finally got him caught was that of 12-year-old Robin Samsu. Um, Robin and her best friend Bridget were playing on the beach where they were approached by a strange man who asked to f- uh, photograph them. Um, however, he ran away when an adult neighbor checked in on the girls. And a short while later, Robin said goodbye to her best friend and headed to her ballet lesson, but she never made it there. Wow, you can watch that whole thing of her picking him. That's crazy. Yeah, did you hear any of the sad shit I just said? Yeah, no, I know. Did you, you did. Yeah. What What did I say? Wait, the game? No, oh. not the game. Oh, sorry. How he abducted and murdered a 12-year-old girl on her way to ballet class. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. asshole. Yeah. All right, so Sam Sue's decomposed body was found 12 days after her disappearance, 40 miles from where she had last been seen, um, and in close proximity to Alcala's home. So Bridget, the best friend that was playing with her on the beach, gave the police a description of Alcala, and a composite sketch was drawn up and circulated to the California media. Um, so Alcala's parole officer saw the sketch and was like, oh, my God, I know this guy. And immediately reported him. He was like, Dang. this is my, um, what is that called? Client? This is my parolee? Uh, I guess, yeah. Yeah. And reported him, like, as soon as he saw it. <laughs> So, with no alibi, Alcala was the perfect suspect for the murder of um, Robin Samsu. Uh, he was arrested for it, and the case against him gained more momentum when he made a crucial error. Um, when his sister visited him in jail, he asked her to clear out a locker he had rented in Seattle. Police were listening in on the call, 
because you idiot you're in jail they're gonna listen on, on your calls um they actually got there before she did um and discovered among his collection of graphic and disturbing photographs a bag full of and a bag full of women women's earrings that was his is that what he kept yeah in his locker in seattle um he had graphic disturbing photographs and a bag full of women's earrings huh sam sue's mother identified a pair um of earrings as the ones her daughter was last seen wearing oh yeah that's sad yeah um so finally he went to trial for murder and um he was found guilty of sam sue's murder and sentenced to death that's like Dexter. He kept everybody's ID. ID, yeah. It's called a trophy. Right. <coughs> yeah, what are you ID? doing? ID? Uh, I got, I picked a, or a scratch in my leg, and then I guess I picked a scab. Ew. He he would keep their ID and their, uh, a drop of their blood. Well, that's weird. Yeah. That's the ultimate, like. Or no, it was just blood samples. I don't know. I think it was both. It's been a long like time. Here, here is the um, most identifying information I can give you about yeah. the person I murdered. Um, he got away with it for a long time, though. That's a show. Okay, so in 1980, Alcala was tried, convicted, and sentenced to death for Sam Sue's murder. But his conviction was overturned by the California Supreme Court because the Orange County Superior Court trial judge allowed the jury to hear about the Tally Shapiro case and Alcala's other rape and kidnapping convictions. So they thought that that swayed the um, trial, which it should. Mm-hmm. You psychopaths, if he is convicted of raping and murdering a little girl, this should only be evidence to build your case against that, that he's already raped and murdered. Okay. We're just going to keep it moving. Preach it. Yeah. And in 1986, he was convicted for a second time and again sentenced to death, but a Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals panel overthrew his conviction once again, in part because a witness was not allowed to support Alcala's contention that the park ranger who found Sam Sue's body had been hypnotized by police investigators. Whatever that means. So they they had to overthrow his conviction because um, they believed that the park ranger who found the little girl's body had been hypnotized by police investigators. That's insane. Yeah. Um, okay, so now we're on his third trial for the same murder. He's in his 60s. He looks just like Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. <laughs> Is that that's, what you were yeah, going to say? Well, no, but yeah. He looks just like Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, he does. With glasses. Yeah. Like, it's creepy. His hair, yeah. 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 Um, while preparing their third prosecution in 2003, Orange County investigators learned that Alcala's DNA matched semen left at the rape-murder scenes of two women Ew. in Los Angeles. Yeah. Another pair of earrings found in Alcala's storage locker matched the DNA of one of the two victims. So they know for sure that one of those victims was his. Um, additional evidence, including another cold case DNA match found in 2004, led to Alcala's indictment for the murders of four additional women. Jill Barcombe, 18, killed in 1977 and originally thought to have been a victim of the Hillside Strangler. Georgia Wicks, Wicks did... Wixted, 27 years old, bludgeoned in her Malibu apartment in 1977. Charlotte Lamb, 31, raped and strangled in El El Segundo, sure, in 1978. And Jill Parentau, 21, killed in her Burbank apartment in 1979. 
So he was just on it, going at it, and yeah. he was using his photography, like, "Oh, you're so beautiful. Let me take pictures of you. You could model. Let me start off your modeling career. Let's meet." Yeah, that's disgusting. Take pictures, murder them. <sighs> okay, so in 2003, prosecutors entered a motion to join the Samsu charges with those of the four newly discovered victims, which is what I was saying. They should all combine these charges all in one trial so that they could see what a big POS he was <laughs> and just convict him on all of it. Um, but Alcala contested the motion. In 2006, the California Supreme Court ruled in the prosecution's favor. Favor. <laughs> Whoa, what happened there? Favor. And in 2009, Alcala stood trial once again. He's a professional trial stander at this point. Um, at the third trial, Alcala acted as his own attorney, and he took the stand and questioned himself for five hours. Using yeah. a deeper voice to ask himself questions. So there was, um, there was a uh, the YouTube or whenever I was searching it, mm-hmm. the top search you just search his name and it says interrogating himself. Mm-hmm. It's like what the fuck. So for five hours he would be like, "Where were you on September tenth, nineteen seventy-seven?" Well, I was um. That's so weird. For five hours he did this. He is not right. Yeah, five hours. Um, as part of his closing argument, he played the portion of Arlo Guthrie's song, Alice's Restaurant, in which the protagonist tells the psychiatrist he wants to kill. The court heard these lyrics. I want to kill. I want to kill. I want to see blood and gore and guts and veins in my teeth. Eat dead, burnt bodies. I mean, kill, 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 kill. It's so funny. The next sentence. He was convicted on all five accounts. <laughs> 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 so they heard that and they were like, yeah, he's guilty. <laughs> yeah. Um, a surprise witness during the penalty phase of the trial was Tally Shapiro. Mm. Oh, isn't that just... Doesn't <laughs> that kind of give you like chills in a weird way? Like, They're like, we have a surprise witness to testify against Mr. Alcala. And in walks in little Tally Shapiro, who's like a grown woman now. Yeah. Oh. Um, in March 2010, Alcala was sentenced to death for a third time. That's crazy. Third time, sentenced to death. He should have been the first time, but yeah. whatever. They um, decided to let him go and murder more. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's been incarcerated since 1979, since his 1979 arrest for Samsu. Um. That might be pronounced Samso, probably Samso. Sorry. Um, while in prison, he has written You, the Jury, a 1994 book in which he asserts his innocence in the Samso case what? and points to a different suspect. He's also filed two lawsuits against the California penal system for a slip and fall claim and for failing to provide him a low fat diet. <laughs> Oh, God. You don't deserve a low-fat diet, you murdering psychopath. New York officials have the option of filing additional charges against Alcala, who is the main suspect in the 1977 case of Ellen Jane Hover and in the 1977 case of the flight attendant Cornelia Crilly. So they never could actually pin him to those, but Hmm. they believe he did them. Um, Alcala continues to maintain his innocence and currently 
uh, remains on death row at San Quentin State Prison. Oh, so he never, they never put him to death. He's still on death row, yep. That's crazy. In San Quentin? (coughs) Yep. Huh. Interesting. Johnny Cash played a live concert there. Yeah, I know. So. You say it every time we bring up San Quentin. Yep. That and Folsom Prison. Anyways. All right. Okay. Well, when you're done deep throating that microphone, what would you like to do next? My jaw popping. I think it did. I could hear it. Wait. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's my jaw popping. Okay. I think I have TMJ. We're getting off topic here. All right. Off topic. You don't even know how your murderer was convicted of a crime. I want to hear about off topic. What do you want to do next week? Um. Um. I don't know. What do you want to do next week? I don't know. Help! You're the uh, one who always decides. Well, I did have one idea. Okay, what's that? Okay, so let me explain this because it's going to sound bad at first. Murders involving animals. No! I don't mean they kill animals. I mean an animal somewhere along the story is involved. That might make me sad, though. Like, when I... Okay, so when I thought of this idea, I thought of the one case where... These people were, like, at the park or whatever, and their dog just, like, is running around and then walks up to them with, like, a severed arm in its mouth. Oh, And that leads to, like, like the finding of a dead body, but... That's going to be hard to find. Yeah, it'd be hard because it'd be, like, this serial killer murdered cats all of his childhood. Um, yeah. Right. What else? Um... Are there any prisons around here? Here? Yeah. There's prisons everywhere. No, I mean like maximum security. Uh, Menard. That's close enough. Let's do killers who ended up in Menard prison. What's that? Where's that? It's in Chester, Illinois, but it's like high profile. Didn't you say that? And then we looked it up and then it ended up not being... I thought no, that was Marion Penitentiary. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, no, I'm uh, pretty sure John Wayne Gacy ended up in Menard. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll look. If it sucks, John then Wayne we'll just Gacy was it. in Chicago, right? He was from Chicago. But that's when when he committed the murders. They were in Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I was wondering. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well. And if we don't like it or we can't find anything good, then we'll just uh, do what we want because this is our podcast. Yep. And we provide to all 10 of you. Yeah. (laughs) So deal with it. (laughs) All right. Okay. Bye.